Hello, all you beautiful people. This is Optimistically Depressed, and I am your host, Ruth McMullen, and happy Valentine's Day. Uh, I know that that's not a thing that all of you are a big fan of, and that's okay. Uh, I want to wish those of you who are enthusiastic about Valentine's Day and who are quite excited about today, happy Valentine's Day. I hope you have an awesome day. Um, To those of you who are kind of indifferent, hey, happy Friday. My podcast is uh, is a day late, and it's for a good reason, which I'll tell you about in a little bit. To those of you that um, Valentine's Day is kind of uh, a hard day, I'm really sorry. And just know that, you know what, I'm thinking about you. And I hope that you specifically have a really good day and that you get reminded about how important you are and that you are worth loving. So I hope that you can maybe kind of know that today. Uh, You know, Valentine's Day, I've always kind of been... It hasn't been a huge deal to me. Like, I mean, my husband and I actually started like officially being boyfriend-girlfriend on Valentine's Day 15 years ago. Um, and, that, and that was really exciting for me. But it's never really been a day that's like been huge for me. Um, I never really had, I mean, I never really had a boyfriend around on Valentine's Day until my husband. And um, in high school, actually... I was, uh, I was in a long-distance relationship, so my boyfriend didn't go to my high school, and every year on Valentine's Day, they had the thing where a kid would come to your class uh, with, like, a bunch of, like, roses and carnations, and they were, you know, sent to you by a friend or your boyfriend-girlfriend or a secret admirer, and, you know, it was a big scene in front of the class, and it kind of, like, made whoever got the flower or rose feel, like, pretty good about themselves, and... Um, my brother and I actually would send each other roses every year because we knew that nobody else was going to be sending the other person a, a flower or rose or whatever. Um, anyway, so we, but anyway, we, we, we always just sent each other a rose and that meant so much to me. It was just kind of like a thing, like we had each other's back and that me that, uh, I mean, of course that would mean so much to anyone. It was so important to me. I adore my brother and, and my sister, just for the record. They are two of the most incredible people that you would ever meet. Um, so that's just a nice Valentine's memory that I have. So I had the honor of having Megan Smith on the podcast. Um, some of you might know her. She's a singer and a songwriter, and she actually won a Juno Award. Her voice is just uh, incredible. She's such a beautiful voice it matches her beautiful soul like honestly she is one of the most genuinely kind and authentic and creative and just beautiful people that I know I had the privilege of meeting her I think about six years ago we were actually both pregnant um and we got to uh we kind of just like got to know each other really quickly like it kind of just like turned into a very authentic relationship immediately um and it just meant so much to me like to have a person that just kind of came up to me and like it was like she looked at me and it was like she saw me and it was like every conversation we had was was challenging was very comforting it helped me grow She's helped me through a lot of really hard times. Um, 
before I went on medication, um, one of the things that I kind of really, well, that I really struggled with, aside from like, just like, you know, depression, anxiety, one of the symptoms of that was, um, I felt like I was just always really annoying. I felt like I was just kind of annoying everyone. And um, she really helped me kind of start to sort through that because of course I didn't really talk to many people about that fear that I had but I um I talked to her about it and she listened to me and then she said something I can't remember exactly what she said but it was just kind of like if you're annoying then I'm like Santa Claus or a squirrel or something like it was just like she (laughs) She worded it in such a hilarious way that it was both driving home the point and making me laugh, which, I mean, I definitely learned through laughter. Uh, She's just amazing. I don't know. Every time I'm around her, I feel like I've been restored. Like, she just has, like, a very healing presence about her. She's amazing. Um, I adore her. I love her. And... Um, and actually, after this podcast, after this episode, um, we have a special treat for you. She's given us one of um, her songs that she's written and performed. It's, I, it's a beautiful song. I feel like that song, I feel like the song actually like really reflects just kind of who she is too. Like, because it's, um, it's a very personal song to her and uh, she wrote it for a friend. Uh, who lost a loved one and it's a perfect illustration of how she can really empathize like she can really connect with another person and feel what they're feeling and then she can help she helps that person express what they're feeling and it's it's a gift that is rare and she has it and it is just gorgeous um and actually another thing that I just want to say is that because I think that all of you should know it she actually does this thing um she started this thing called our song and she actually writes your song so she's been doing it for a while now and um the songs like they're like she does exactly what she did in the song that I'm going to share at the end of this episode. It's where she just, she talks with, she'll talk with you and she'll get to know you. And then it's like, and then all of a sudden she can, she can pick up on who you are and like the essence of what you're wanting to express. And then she puts it into a song and it's your song and it's gorgeous. So you you have to check that out too. Um, you just look look for search for our song, and uh, yeah. So do that. Please enjoy this episode. Enjoy the song. I'm so happy that I get to share this with you. And again, I hope all of you have a wonderful Valentine's Day slash Friday, and I'll be talking to you soon. Oh, are we? Yeah.
Okay. So, but yeah, I've been thinking a lot about, like, I've spent a lot of time in the bad parts of my childhood, like Mm -hmm. just thinking about it. And it Mm -hmm. was, it's like, you have to kind of mourn it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've been. I feel like I've been processing a lot of grief and it's been kind of, I've been getting to know grief really well. I got this idea from a person I wrote a song for who was grieving and, um, she was dying and so she was grieving like the future she was gonna have and she told me she like purposely processed it like she would wake up in the morning and be like hello grief let's let's talk or let's like spend time together and then she would and that's how she processed it and I was like that's kind of brilliant yeah amazing. yeah so I've been trying to do that too and just be like allowing whatever I'm feeling to just come and go and then I get on with my day. It's been really good because I found that otherwise, if I wasn't meeting with grief first thing in the morning, it would show up anyway. It would be like when I'm picking up for the kids from school and I like all of a sudden start crying because something <laughs> triggered me and the yeah. parents are like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm not sure I don't know what's going on. But it, I found that if I could, um, if I could like meet with it earlier on in the day when I had like the time and space to allow myself to feel those things it wouldn't it wouldn't show up unexpected as often yeah little little pro tip (laughs) I love that yeah because usually our like response to grief is to just like push it away push it away yeah but what this woman she she taught me this her name was Shelly I wrote her her an R song um and she taught it to me she was like i don't want to spend the my whole day feeling sad that I'm going to miss my husband and my life and and so I'm going to purposely meet with grief and deal with it in the morning and meet with it and then I'm going to be with my family and my friends the rest of the day and I was like that is so brilliant yeah that is brilliant mm-hmm. Shelly her name was Shelly yeah how old was she she was in her early 40s okay she had something similar to ALS which it was a degenerative degenerative disease and um yeah a lot of what I do is as a songwriter for people is just helping them process their feelings about things and and I I never like really saw it that way until I realized it's what I'm doing for myself is in songwriting I'm just processing my own feelings about things and so in offering to do my job our song for other people that's essentially what I'm doing so, yeah, I'm not a therapist. Right. But but you're I have some acting. practice. Yeah. yeah. I have some practice at like taking an emotion, or, uh, taking an experience, distilling it into emotion and then processing that or like turning it into something you want it to be and then writing a song about it. Just what songwriting is. Wait, you just said turning it turning it into something you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Instead of being, like, the victim of something. I had a lot of... Ruth, you're so cute. I had... This is standard look on your face. I had a lot of ex-boyfriends and heartbreak. And then other other really difficult things that I've processed by turning it into a song. Because, okay, you're like me, I think. Thank you. When in the... Well, (laughs) jeez. Thank you to myself. But like (laughs) in the moment of a thing, you probably don't react how you would if you were fully present within yourself. Right. Like, okay, so I'm saying like if like a crazy thing goes down and 
it takes me a long time. It takes me, like, I have to get away from the situation and the person, and then, like, maybe a year or two later, I'll be like, hi, they shouldn't have said that to me. Yes! That was really super rude. (laughs) Right? Yes! Or that was horrible, or that was traumatic for me. Yes! But in the moment, I'm usually going, this is weird, but how is everybody else feeling? Is everyone else okay? I don't, I'm not, like, present with myself. Yes, until I, later, right? Okay, so that's the processing part where you get away from it and you look at it and you're like able to see it from your perspective. And then you can put a, you can put whatever spin on it you want. You can like take that thing and use it for, make it into something that's useful to you. Ah, you're freaking out. I am freaking out. That's cool. It's like <laughs> freaking people out. <laughs> well, it's just because it's like, I've been, like over I don't even know how many years I've been just thinking on how do I turn like how do I not be the victim because I recognized this tendency myself to victimize myself yeah and so then it was just like I'm not a victim so how do I make that like how do I effectively make myself not the victim and so and it's nice to like you basically just explained it to me this question that I've been asking myself for years hmm it's okay. just like, I'm, you're going to take this, I'm going to take this experience, I'm going to take this emotion, and I'm going to turn it into what I want it to be. Yeah. Yes. Ah, that like is blowing my mind right now. I'm so glad. Yeah. I, I remember when I like realized that it's like rewriting your own past. Yes. Yeah. It's like you re- you're rewriting your past into a version that works for you. Because like you have things happen right there's there's external things that are outside of our control people's behaviors the weather anything that like we don't control yes. things happen but then we interpret those things and you can interpret them a different way i feel as an adult i feel especially as a parent like don't you do you find like being a parent really opened your eyes to a lot of things you're like Yes. That I like as a as an adult looking back on some things that happened in my childhood in relation to other adults, I'm like, that was messed up. Yes. They should not have spoken to me that way or dealt with me that way or done that to me. Yes. But as a kid, you're like, what did I do wrong? Yes. So you're writing as a kid, you're interpreting it as I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And I, that's why they're treating me this way or that's why they're doing this to me. Yeah. But now as an adult, I can say, I was a kid, they did something wrong. Yeah. And I, I'm not at fault, right? Like. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, yes. It's just bringing a, bringing your version, bringing your like view now to things that happened. You can rewrite your entire life if you want. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, you do, do it, Ruth. I'm totally, <laughs> I totally am going to. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Like, especially really painful things. Yeah. This was really painful things. And a lot of it was songwriting. Like, this is what happened to me. I write it all out. And then I try and see it from my perspective now. Like, what can I use this for? Recycle it. Like, it's like, it's like taking something that was useless and garbage and recycling it, upcycling it, turning it into something useful. So how can I, and I see you doing that all the time. Like this podcast is you taking what 
is difficult for you and making it useful for yourself and well for others especially like me I get so much out of your podcast you're a little teary (laughs) yeah I see you doing it a lot and like the first time we ever met (laughs) can we talk about it because you can edit it out if it's no this is great (laughs) <laughs> okay, so the first time, okay, listeners, the first time I ever met Ruth, she was singing on a stage, and I saw her down there, and she's, like, kind of pregnant, but she's so gorgeous, and, like, <laughs> had this little tiny belly, and I was also pregnant, but I was ginormous, <laughs> like, the largest being in the room, and I'm like, she must be, like, maybe 18, <laughs> She and she's just singing her beautiful little heart out, and I was like, she I wonder if she's, like, a troubled youth, like, (laughs) you know, teen pregnancy. And I'm, like, good on her for, like, doing her thing. And anyway, so then I, um, so then I, like, met you after and we started talking. And, like, one of the first things you said to me was I struggle with with postpartum depression and depression. And I was, like, cool. You (laughs) You just told me that. And do you know how much permission that gave me to, like, just be me? For you to just be you. And you're like, I'm just trying to break the stigma on this. And I'm just going to, I'm just telling people. And I was like, that's awesome. I can now just be me around you. And you've instantly felt safe to me. And like, that's why I, you'll always be my friend, even if we don't talk for like months. Because we have crazy busy (laughs) lives and stuff gets nuts. But Mm -hmm. I will always love you for that, that one moment of you just being like, this is who I am. And I was like, I embrace it. (laughs) And I really admire that about you so I already see you doing that with your with your experiences and turning them into useful things thank you you're welcome (laughs) you're welcome so okay you know how much I respect and love you right yeah thank you no but that's really nice of you to say Mm -mm. yeah and I was like saying before we started recording that like whenever I see you post on social media, which I tend to try to stay away from. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I see your posts, it's always like it is a breath of fresh air. One of the things that I really love about what you do is it's like it's the way that you talk through it. Like sometimes it's like a question to people and it's just like a genuine question. Like, tell me what you think about this. Mm. And I really love that because I find that a lot of the times like I've found myself doing I like I do this, too, where people ask questions, but it's not because I actually want to know what people think. It's because they want an opportunity to share their opinion. Mm-hmm. And you don't do that. Right. And when and then like when you like talk about things that have been going on in your life, you're just kind of like <laughs> you're just like saying like like so my family's been sick for about a bazillion years. Yeah. <laughs> and it always just like yeah. I just love it because it's taking like when you have young kids and they're sick, mm. your world just like it's atrocious. It's right it, yes. It's so awful. It's so awful. Yeah, it's really awful. And then to like have somebody who is like going through that and then just like makes it funny. Right. <laughs> it's the it's the best because then you're just kind of like, oh, like I'm so here with you. Yeah. And and now we can just laugh about it. And yeah. like there's so many people that just like don't do that. Do you I find? Oh, yes. And I don't under I I really struggle to understand that. Like <sighs> But I guess I kind of get it. But I th- I feel like I've always been kind of humiliated. 
<laughs> like in general, <laughs> just what? like in general, throughout my life. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I mean, I think it's because I I have this like really I have this like naivete where it's like everyone must just be themselves because I I find it so draining to try and like be different than who I just am mm. or like to try and like act a certain way I, I'm like that is how do, that is exhausting I cannot do that I can't keep that up mm-hmm. so I just am I feel like I don't have the energy or the brains to be able to like fake my way through stuff so I'm just like I'm just gonna say it and then I assume other people I'm like how do they have the energy to like always look so nice and not really talk about what's really going on with them and pretend that things are okay and that just takes so much energy (laughs) I just don't have it I I, yes and yeah do and it's funny because like I we've had conversations in the past where you told me that I, I I give the impression of being like more put together I just feel like you just like yeah and and so and that's always made me it's so amusing because again because I'll feel like the rag at the bottom of the dirty barrel so hilarious because you know? like, <laughs> you're so not a rag oh my gosh a rag in a dirty barrel yeah that's so amazing it's yeah. so amazing that you feel that way because I don't see that at all Right. That's so like that's so nice. Cause I like I've been yeah. And the last like I yeah, I've do you ever find that when you're going through hard times, a lot of the time like you're like you're feeling bad about yourself, but you still have like that voice that's just kinda like, Yeah, but it's all gonna work out. Like it's all fine. Do you ever find Is that, that voice trying to shut you up? Or is it like this underlying voice that's like supporting you? I think it's the underlying voice that's supporting okay. me. Uh yes. Yeah, I do feel like I have that. It's it doesn't but it's never trying to be like stop complaining about this. It's never mm-hmm. like trying to shut me up. It's like do you, this is going to pass. You're going to be okay. It's like and it's usually buried way down under layers of like yes, garbagey thoughts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which you kind of have to like purge in order yeah. to get that back up to the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lately like over the past month, I've like that voice has been getting quieter. Like it's mm. been like all of a sudden I'm like starting to be like, well, w- wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Where's that voice? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because like, like I got sick, like, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm still like, and I'm still sick. And yeah. it's just kind of like my chest hurts Aww. and it hasn't, and it's been hurting since November. And yeah. it's just kind of like, I, this is tiring and annoying. And like, I don't have as much energy as I usually do. And that's been the case since like November. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of like, what's like, which that can be typical in the winter just because, you know, yeah. depression does its thing. But, like, I don't know. It's just been, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out what exactly it is because it's, like, am I just, like, complaining? Right. Or is this, like, but it's kind of, like, no, I feel like there's, like, I'm feeling, like. You're feeling low. I'm feeling low, which yeah. is weird because I also feel nothing. Okay. How do those, how does that go together? I, yeah, see, I'm trying to figure that out because it's kind of like, it's like when I get too distracted mm-hmm. and I'm like kind of going along, um, I'll feel every now and then a ping of like, this is over. Like mm-hmm. I'm losing, mm-hmm. you know? And then 
if I actually, but it, it's also like if I sit down and actually like have some time by myself, then I feel okay. Right. Like, cause I have like, you know, I, I read, I journal, mm-hmm. um, I, I, med- I meditate. Yeah. Um, I haven't been able to exercise because my chest hurts. Right. And that's like really, I think maybe that's the you. thing. Yeah. Because yeah. this is another thing I learned from you, Ruth, mm. is um, you once told me that exercise was like medicine for you. Yeah. And so I really took that to heart. And like I found that I, um, there's certain things that I have to do in order to keep myself at a specific like balance. Yeah. It's like a pH balance for my like emotional well-being or my mental health. And definitely there's like, I have like a few things though. It's exercise. Sleep is really, really big for me. Sleep is huge. Yeah. So I would say number one is sleep. Mm -hmm. Second is like journaling slash meditation slash like listening to myself. And third would be exercise. So if I can be doing those three things to Mm -hmm. some degree, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. But I'll never forget you saying that it was like medicine and I take vitamins and I take medicine when I'm sick. Yeah. So I'm like, I would never skip a dose of antibiotics. Right. And this is the same. So I cannot skip these doses, which is really hard when your kids are sick. You don't sleep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. There's nothing that makes me more furious than trying to sleep for like 10 hours and getting like four hours of sleep during those 10 hours. Yes. (laughs) It's so annoying. But I find with myself, if I can have a like some kind of practice where I'm practicing those other things, um, it really helps. And I will also say that little voice you're talking about, the one that's like, everything's going to work out. Yeah. Do you feel like that's like your authentic voice? I do. Okay. So I think I have an advantage as an artist in being in touch with that voice a lot. So, like, I'm also a visual artist, so I'm a songwriter, and I also paint and draw. Mm-hmm. And all creativity is, and not just, like, art and music, but when you're creating anything, when you're, like, setting up a room, like, or redecorating, or when you're writing something creative, or when you're making a meal, and you're not necessarily following a recipe, but you're just, like, going by what you feel, that's your inner voice, and I'm in touch with it a lot during the day. So when I get up to paint, I'll be like, okay, well, what am I painting today? And then the, this little voice is like, today you should paint a bear wearing a flower crown. <laughs> and I love that I'm picture, like, by the way. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. Thank you. And then it's like, and then I'm like, well, what color should the background be? And then I'm like, then my inner voice is like, it should be teal. And I'm <laughs> like, all right. So, okay. But it's like the, it's like, the answer my I'm answering myself and I feel like when I'm songwriting I'm like should this start with a major or minor chord and then that voice is like should be minor and I'm like okay so I I practice using that voice a lot and I think a lot of us especially as grown-ups we lose touch with that voice as we like get stuck in to-do lists and we get caught up with kids in school and you just gotta like be places at certain times Mm -hmm. and you're kind of not really paying attention to what you're thinking and feeling a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so well put. Cause that's exactly it too. Yeah. And I think maybe, maybe that's kind of what's starting. Maybe that's kind of what's going on with me mm. because I've been in survival mode. Like, yeah, that's what happens when you have sick kids in general. It happens when you have kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
right? <coughs> oh, bless you. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. But yeah. But like, I, okay, and we've talked about this before, but I try really hard to parent myself. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm like my, se- I'm like my third kid. Mm-hmm. So when, and I try really hard to be a conscious parent. And I kind of parent differently than my parents parented me. They were really good and did their best, but there were things that they missed with me. Like, um, they didn't really listen to my opinion a lot of the time. Like, Mm -hmm. when it was my birthday, I got to, like, choose what we had for supper. (laughs) So that was fun. (laughs) But... a lot of the time it was like we're doing this we're going here we're meeting up with this person you have to get this chore done and that's what we do as adults too right yeah that's exactly what we do but if you treated a kid that way what would happen to that kid they They, get they would like to wither bummed out yeah which is which is what's happening right yeah it's it's, it's happening to you and it happens to me when i don't when i'm not when I don't take the time to reconnect with my voice, the little voice in me that's like choosing colors and, you know, writing songs and deciding where I'm going to go for my hike or what color pen I'm going to use when I, when I journal, like it's, it's those little tiny things. It's like, it's me, that's me. And I feel like I spent a long time, a lot of my life listening to all external voices. So I was raised in a really Orthodox faith Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, a lot of people can do well in really orthodox religions or any religion. But I found myself ignoring my voice in favor of listening to the voices of specific leaders. Yeah. And that was really damaging for me. And then that also happens like in school a lot where um, even in classes where you're encouraged to be creative, you know, everybody's doing the same picture and you're not. Yeah. Like really listening to your own voice. Yeah. It's like you. Yes. It's like you be creative, but in this way. Yeah. 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 It's not it's not true. I don't feel like it's true creativity. So a lot of what I'm trying to do now is and even just like society, like mm. society is telling me you should have you should dye your hair. And, right. and you should wear these types of clothes and you're this age. So you should be doing these types of things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. I'm not, I'm trying to listen to myself above anyone else, really. Oh, I love it. Except for doctors, maybe sometimes. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's probably, but, but a for good real. Idea, but yeah. Yeah. But for real, doctors, sometimes I will be like, okay, I'll prioritize what you say I should do. But still, the whole time, really trying to focus on what I really think. That little voice in me, and it's getting louder. It's getting louder the more I listen to it. That's so inspiring because like, because I like, I do like, I admire you. Yeah. I love fast up in here. <laughs> I know. It's so nice. this every day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I really do. And you were one of the first people to really teach me to trust myself, to start mm-hmm. to trust myself. Yeah. And you were one of the first people to also teach me that what I thought mattered. You're really smart, Ruth. You're really, really smart. Do you know that? Sometimes. Yeah, I think you're really, really smart. And I think you're really strong. And you know why? It all goes back to that first thing you said to me. Hi, I'm Ruth and I have I suffer from postpartum depression. <laughs> really smart of you to say that out loud to me. And really smart of you and really brave of you and strong. 
And you just do stuff like that all the time. I just see you doing stuff like that all the time. Like living your life. I'm sorry, I'm making you cry. No, it's nice. (laughs) (laughs) You like it. Yeah, I like it. I'm crying too. But why are you crying? I think I know why. Yeah, you tell me. I think it's because you know this. But, and your little voice would tell you this. But it's hard to hear it above all the other stuff that we listen to. Mm-hmm. And that little voice like can sometimes, it gets quiet. It gets really quiet when we haven't practiced listening to it. And when somebody says something true to you, it like hits you. I find that with music when I hear music that's like true it's like an arrow straight in a bullseye right Mm. which is what I feel like what I'm saying to you is happening so you know deep down you know it and your little voice knows it but then there's layers of like what other people's opinions are of you or what you think their opinions of you are or what they've said to you and it's just like all this muck that's just been like layered on top and but if if here's the here's the really great news Mm. we can you can practice And you do practice, but you can practice hearing your own voice and it's, it never, ever completely dies. It's always there. And the best way to practice listening to it is just to be, spend time in quiet, make, make decisions for yourself, ask questions. Like, do you, do you ever ask yourself like something really simple and you honestly don't know? Like, what do you want for supper tonight? Are you ever like, I truly have no idea? Actually, like, yeah. Like, when that happens, I feel like I'm out of touch with myself. And I'm like, I don't actually know what I would eat for supper tonight. I have not been paying close enough attention to myself. Because <laughs> that's pretty simple. You should know. <laughs> and any kid you ask would be like, I want pizza or whatever. They <laughs> know what they want for supper. <laughs> that's such a good, yeah. Because they're true. like listening to themselves. They're still in touch with themselves. They don't have all these layers on, on them that we've, we've accumulated. So like just listening and practicing and journaling is really good. So you say you have a journaling practice. Yeah. yeah. Which I've been ignoring. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's good. I do, I do journaling too. Every, every night and every morning too. Yeah. I do that. Cause I think to myself, if I have a spouse if I like, and I have two kids, if I woke up and completely ignored them, <laughs> they'd be like, what's up? But I do it to myself. I wake up and I just ignore myself. I, I don't acknowledge myself. Like every morning I say to my kids, how are you? How was your sleep? How are you feeling today? What's going on? But I, I'm not going to ask myself that. It's so rude. <laughs> You know what? You're right. That is rude. It's su- it's super rude. You shouldn't be you rude should to yourself. You should acknowledge yourself. Yeah. You are a you are a person. You are a person to yourself. This is like where it goes back to like I'm my own parent. I'm my own mother. I would never ignore my child. So I ask myself every day, "How are you doing? What's going on t- with you today?" And then I answer it. And then I do the same at night. So I don't always check in throughout the day because there's stuff going on and I'm taking care of people and doing things. But I make sure that I, I don't think I've missed it for like the past four years, maybe. There are some nights where I'm like, I'm too tired to write anything, but I still write that down. 
I'm too tired to talk right now. I'm too tired to journal. And then I just go to sleep. But otherwise, I'm, I've got to pay attention to myself because it's not kind to ignore ourselves. Oh, my gosh. I really love that. Yeah. I love it, too. And I think that I think that you were the first person to introduce that concept to me. Like taking care of yourself as a parent would? Yes. Yeah. Because we had that conversation a couple years ago. Yeah. It was like, yeah. It was, I remember. It was like after I became a mom. Yeah. See, I always thought I was going to be a really terrible mom. Like I had no confidence in myself as a parent. Did you, were you like, I'm going to nail this mom thing? Honestly. Like before you had kids. Uh, before I had kids? Uh, kind, kind of. Yeah. See, the, <clears throat> excuse me. I started having kids quite young, so I don't know. I don't even know if I was like old enough to really understand what I was doing, honestly. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it was just kind of like, I remember there was one night that I woke up and it was when I was like pretty far along in my pregnancy with my first. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's funny because <laughs> the horse has left the barn at that point, I guess. Eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The horse yeah. had left the barn at that point. Yeah. So it's just like, well, I guess it's happening anyway. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I thought I was going to be a really, really, really atrocious mom, like really bad. And I surprised myself. Like, I thought I thought it would be to the point where people would be like, you know, Megan, maybe you should consider, like, hiring someone to, like, give you parenting classes or I don't know. I just had this image of myself not being able to care enough about another human being to really parent them the way they deserve to be parented. And, like, I guess what it boils down to it is I did not know how I was going to love my children enough. I Like, before I became pregnant, I was like... I don't know how to love something that much that I would like give it, sacrifice everything for it, you know? Yeah. But then I had my son, my first son and like, I know everybody's experiences are different. Um, but I'm one of those people who, as soon as I was pregnant, I was like, okay, I'm a, I'm a mother now. That was my mentality. Not that that should be everyone's or not that like everyone has their own right to think whatever but as soon as I knew I was pregnant I was like okay I'm someone's mom now this is not just my body I'm sharing my body with another person and then as soon as I had my son oh my goodness like the pregnancy was traumatic I mean yeah. you were there you, yeah you it was really my whole pregnancy I had hyperemesis which is just constant vomiting and nausea and then um I had my son and the delivery was so brutal Ugh. um and and you made that funny too. I yeah, just there are some really say. hilarious moments in there. But then <laughs> but it was awful. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. One of the worst things I've heard. But as soon as they put that baby on my chest, I felt an atomic love bomb explode in my being, and it just like went into the universe. And I was like, I will do anything for this kid. I will. I am now alive for this child. Like I love this thing, this tiny little thing that has destroyed my hoo ha and my <laughs> career and my life. I love them more than anything. And it's like this weird nurturing thing that I never experienced. Like I never wanted to babysit or like play with other people's kids. All of a sudden I just had this crazy nurturing 
like beast inside of me that just came out and I it just feels so good to love somebody as much as I love my kids Mm. I just oh my goodness they drive me crazy Mm -hmm. and I sometimes just want to like take a little vacation for like a couple years but (laughs) (laughs) but in the end like I'm just so I just love loving them. I just love loving them. That's like and and if that's not how it works, like I know a lot of parents don't experience parenthood that way and it's totally fine. And I don't always feel like I love loving my kids. There are days where I'm like, "Oh my gosh, you're driving me insane." <laughs> but I realized like this nurturing like beast that I had within me, it only came out when I had them. And I realized I can also apply it to myself. Whatever I would do for them, which is anything, I should also apply to myself. So when they're tired, they need to go to bed. When they're hungry, they need healthy food. When they're sick, they need to be taken to a doctor and taken care of. But when they're angry, I need to hear their emotions and and hold them and hug them. I need to not shame them for having feelings. Mm. I need to... I need to support them in their interests and make sure there's time for them to play and do fun things. And I need to help them learn how to do what they need to do. So there's all these things I'm like, I I need to do this for myself too. I deserve this too. Mm -hmm. So it's this, this really wonderful concept of like, I am my own child. I'm, my mom did a great job and she's no longer in charge of taking care of me and I'm my own kid now. So I put myself to bed when I'm tired and I feed myself healthy food and I make sure there's time for me to process my feelings and to do things that I enjoy. And it's really important, I think. Mm. But I don't think you have to be a parent to know that. I think you can just like love something else, like even having a pet, I think can bring that out in people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you had a podcast where you just like shared this kind of advice... (laughs) all over oh my gosh I'm like I could not do this no no because that's it I have no more advice (laughs) (laughs) also that advice probably might not apply tomorrow I'll be like what I said yesterday makes no sense everything's everything's terrible never mind (laughs) never mind (laughs) scratch that but some of that stuff has been working for me you know for a while Mm -hmm. but really it all it only all of this you know, I've been doing this like inner work, like introspection and like all of this only happened when my life exploded and my career died and I had my son like and it was like the most horrible, frightening, darkest, most beautiful time in my life. Um, and I never would have really went inwards if I had still been touring and promoting records and, you know, playing big shows and having a big record deal and living in like Los Angeles and New York and it never would have happened. So yeah, I'm really thankful for that stuff. Rewriting my history. Oh, full circle. There you go. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, so perfect. Okay. Hey, Megan. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Ruth. I love you. I love you a lot. Feels like forever, it feels like a day, and I'm writing this letter in the middle of May. Cause I can't comprehend how the world.
It's alright with you, I'll still cheers you. 